Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast. Today, a lawsuit over the Border Patrol agents who were falsely accused of whipping illegal immigrants. In this age of a highly controlled media landscape, it's never been more important to support truly independent journalism. Go to CherylAckison.com and click the store tab for a great way to do that. We just designed some thought-provoking beach towels for summer you'll love to show off and make a statement with at the beach or the pool or hang them in your guest bathroom. They feature catchphrases like, I tested positive for critical thinking and do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Proceeds support independent journalism causes like the ION Awards for Off-Narrative Accurate Reporting. Visit CherylAckison.com and click the Store tab. You may have heard about the scandal, well now it's been about nine months, the scandal about Border Patrol agents supposedly whipping illegal immigrants, video and photos provided as if to support it, although... Those videos and photos did not support that at all. And if there's one thing we journalists should have learned from so many recent cases, it's that making a conclusion without all of the facts based on certain people's allegations, without knowing everything, based on looking at some video or photographs, so often it's the wrong thing to do because so often we learn we didn't know the whole story and it's the opposite of what we thought. In any event, of course, the whipping never happened, but many in the media and even the president and vice president immediately rushed to judgment and conclusions, making public proclamations without hearing the other side, without finding the facts before they could have possibly known about the facts, claiming the agents were guilty and would be made to pay. Fast forward, they were cleared, it took a long time, but they were cleared of the whipping and of doing anything criminal But hence now, leaks to the media that something will be found to do to them, some sort of civil or administrative action against them. Otherwise, they would be due one of the biggest and most humiliating apologies from the many who should have known better. And by the way, as an aside, if you're interested in a list of the media mistakes that have been made by news organizations that used to rank among the most well-respected in the world, New York Times, Washington Post, the networks. I have lists of them at my website, CherylAckison.com. Look under the Investigations tab, and it's a pretty outrageous list, both under the Trump administration and now under the Biden administration. And even though so many of those mistakes have happened and so many people harmed and defamed, Seldom, if ever, are there apologies issued after the fact. There may be occasionally lawsuits and money awarded to those who were defamed, but they don't seem to get apologies. Well, anyway, for the other side of this story, well, there isn't really another side to the whipping claim since that didn't happen, but to hear what others still think the agents did wrong, you can search online under Border Patrol and Whipping, and you can still find some articles suggesting that the agents did do things wrong. And if and when disciplinary action is announced, as of the recording of this podcast, none has been announced. But if that happens, we'll all be able to hear Homeland Security make the case for that. 
Meantime, for now, here's my interview with the National Police Association's Betsy Smith. Her organization has filed a lawsuit to try to get to the bottom of how this false story so quickly took on a life of its own and who might be responsible. For people who haven't closely followed this case, but may have just seen a little bit on the news some months ago, can you give us the background of what happened with these Border Patrol agents? So in September of 2021, um, there was a a huge influx uh, at the southern border in Del Rio, Texas, of on that particular, at that particular time, Haitian migrants, and they were trying to enter the U.S. illegally. So the U.S. Border Patrol um, sent some of their mounted agents to try to keep these um, migrants, illegal immigrants, um, from entering uh, the United States. So during that time, there was a lot of media attention. And so those mounted Border Patrol agents were physically using their horses to try to push back these migrants. And the migrants started to get violent with the agents and with the horses. So there was a video that you could say went viral of these mounted agents um, pushing back with their horses. Um, I happen to be a horsewoman, so I can explain that a little bit more in detail, but they... um, they were accused, the agents, of whipping these Haitian immigrants. And coincidentally, as that video was released, the president of the United States happened to be giving a speech on something unrelated. And so he immediately made some statements. We can talk more about that. And then the vice president already also made some statements. And then Every pundit who wanted to get involved in this started making statements, really inflammatory statements about, um, you know, using terms like whipping and slavery and things like that. And uh, and it and it just went from there. Well, interestingly, I read by a road with the Border Patrol Mounted Force in Southern California not long ago. And and when I saw the reporting on this, I knew a lot of it was false. And I blame the media when we talk about this, I've written extensively on it. It's one thing for someone to make an accusation and we can expect that, but the press should not uncritically accept these narratives without A, doing some critical thinking, B, understanding that most of these outrageous cases in the past few years, even if the video seems obvious to somebody, turn out to be not as advertised. And if you haven't learned that as a journalist, if you haven't learned that, you haven't learned anything in the last few years. So I was surprised to see not just pundits and opinion people, but journalists jumping on this as if they were there and as if they saw the whole thing and as if they knew what had happened when clearly it hadn't, they they couldn't have known. So let's from there go to the statement that the president made. Also, he couldn't have known what happened, but what did he say at the time? So ironically, I happened to be in the virtual green room of Newsmax when he made those live statements. So I was there for a completely unrelated situation. But of course, I you know had to wait until the president was done speaking. And so I was watching live when he made these statements about 
someone will pay and how unacceptable this is. And, and uh, he made some, you know, his statements were pretty outrageous. And the problem is, and this is part of the National Police Association's lawsuit, is he made these statements without knowing anything that occurred. And, you know, and then, of course, it just went from there. And, he, you know, and when he says someone will pay, someone will pay for what? For, for doing their job? And that's exactly um, what those agents were doing. And did they whip anyone? No, they weren't holding whips. They were holding split reins. They ride Western saddles. They control the horses with split reins. And again, these migrants were trying to um, injure or damage or at least thwart those horses. And horses are, you know, they can be injured by people, police horses. These mounted agents, and you know, Cheryl, because you did ride along to them. I've trained, I've been training Border Patrol agents for over 20 years. And these are extremely skilled riders. They're extremely skilled police officers. And, uh, you know, so they were accused of doing something wrong. So as is typical in law enforcement, um, there's uh, Office of Professional Standards or Internal Affairs. Um, and so these agents were investigated. And as time went on, now again, this is September of 2021. As time went on, we really heard nothing about this case. And what was, what was happening to them in the interim while this dragged on for months and months and months? That's a very good question. So in the interim, you know, they are taken off their horses. They are put behind a desk to do administrative work um, while awaiting this investigation. And I was a police officer for 29 years. When you're being investigated for some sort of wrongdoing, that in and of itself is extremely stressful and then of course these agents uh, were being investigated for something that went um international and they they were constantly being maligned in the media and on talk shows and by um uh, again you know pundits and on the view and and all kinds of things so they're awaiting to see what happens and it, these investigations shouldn't take that long and so by February, nothing had happened. So the National Police Association, we had filed a, a FOIA request. And all we wanted was the communication involving um, this investigation. You know, we wanted to be able to see the emails and the memos and things like that to understand what was really happening behind the scenes and what was happening to these agents, because it, we've got to remember the United States Border Patrol right now is absolutely, they are, they have already been terribly vilified for the last, you know, five or six or 10 years, really. Um, and now they are, they are having to do so much more administrative work and dealing with you know, I know Border Patrol, I happen to live in the Tucson sector of the Border Patrol down here in Southern Arizona. I know 20 year Border Patrol agents who are changing babies diapers, who are, you know, trying to deal with this huge influx of people coming from not just Mexico and not just from the Southern Triangle, from over 150 different countries. So while this is all happening, while our border is open and under siege, 
these poor agents are sitting on a desk, unable to do their job and wondering what the fate of their career is. Very stressful. Did you receive, let me just back up with a FOIA request, freedom of information request. I'm not sure people understand and the federal, federal agencies violate this with such regularity, it's almost as if there is no law. But it's not as though we are asking when we ask to see public documents for something special. We own those documents, those documents collected by people we pay, that we hire, federal agencies and agents, they belong to us. And with very rare exceptions, we're entitled to see them in their entirety. And in practice, it hasn't worked that way. It's gotten where the agencies violate the law with impunity. They don't get punished when they withhold these documents improperly. Did you get good response to your freedom of information request? We actually got no response. So we, we, we got nothing. And, you know, and that was obviously very frustrating. And this is the thing that I want people to understand. Now I have been, I have been literally been a government employee since I was 17 years old. I was a police dispatcher. Then I was a police officer. So we as government employees, police officers as, as government employees, we have to understand we're not working for ourselves. We're working for the public and we are the public. So those emails, those memorandums, all of those things involving this border patrol case, like you said, this doesn't, they don't belong to the border patrol per se or the Department of Homeland Security even, they belong to us. And the National Police Association, we're not a police union. We are an organization that helps the public understand how they can better support American law enforcement. You know, we advocate for law enforcement officers who have been wronged in certain situations. And we felt that this Border Patrol case was one of those situations that we really needed to step into. And so by February, we hadn't heard anything, which is very frustrating. So let's step ahead to, I started seeing reports on the news. I don't know if it was being leaked or people just had sourcing that said these agents were going to be found not guilty of any criminal wrongdoing after this investigation took place. Pick up the story from there. What, what was found and then what happened? So we, you know, finally we started to hear uh, and again, they didn't, you know, we still didn't get what we wanted through the FOIA request, but we started to hear that these agents were not going to be charged criminally. And it was kind of a drip, 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 slow leak of information. And then all of a sudden we got word that while these agents uh, were found to have done no criminal wrongdoing, which of course they hadn't, they were just doing their jobs. They committed no crime but that they were going to be punished using um, basically policy. So they were going to receive some administrative punishment for not doing certain things correctly. We still haven't heard exactly what that is, but I can explain what that is likely to be and how that works for a law enforcement officer. Why don't you go ahead and do that? So when in that particular situation, when those agents are accused of, of whipping migrants and things, first, what's looked at is criminal law. Did they violate? Because sometimes police officers do that. Sometimes police officers, Derek Chauvin is an example. Um, you know, he was convicted of in the killing of George Floyd. That's a criminal situation. 
in the case of the Border Patrol agents uh, allegedly whipping or strapping, as President Biden said, these migrants, no crime occurred. But police officers have to act under a certain code of conduct. And if our employers, in this case, the Department of the Homeland Security, wants to punish agents for something, there is very likely uh, something that they can find that these agents did wrong in violating policy. So what I have heard from my source in the Border Patrol is that these agents are going to be uh, admi administratively disciplined for things like using coarse language. That would be swearing. We're not supposed to swear in law enforcement. Um, they might be punished for not having a, a certain piece of equipment that they should. They might be punished for not notifying a supervisor as quickly as they should. Those are some of the things that they can be disciplined for. And what we're hearing is that they're going to be disciplined by the Department of Homeland Security, not to teach them anything, not to correct any wrongdoing, but to save face because the president on live television stated that someone will pay for what these border patrol agents did. And then the vice president very quickly backed him up on that. Um, so again, we are trying to get the information to find out what are they going to be punished for, why, and we'd like to see, and this is part of our lawsuit, the results of the investigation, which again includes emails, correspondence between um, investigators, correspondence be uh, between the uh, investigators and their supervisors, statements made by those Border Patrol agents about what they were experiencing at that time and on and on. It seems to me, knowing very little about the law compared to you, so you can set me straight, there are potential defamation cases here, not only by the president, but by those in the media who said something that now hasn't borne fruit. If, if it's not proven that they whipped people um, as was stated or strapped people and so on, is there a defamation case, particularly if those who said those statements made it with reckless disregard for the truth, as they say, um, even if they were like a limited public figure, the bars higher to, to cross for that. But is that a possibility here? It's a very, it's a very rare thing where a police officer is able to um, bring that kind of, that would be civil action, that kind of civil action. We're sort of held to that same standard, as you said, of a public figure. And because, you know, at the time, no names were mentioned. Really what President Biden did was kind of defame the entirety of the Border Patrol. Um, so I, I don't think that will happen. However, what I do think is possible is, you know, <clears throat> President Biden and Vice President Harris, you know, they're ultimately the bosses over the Department of Homeland Security. And so, and, and remember, let's remember that Alejandro Mayorkas, the guy who is the boss of the Department of Homeland Security, um, he made some statements that, as well. Police officers have the same rights as other people do when we're talking about, if you will, human resources law. So these, these agents were, they were maligned by their bosses, if you will, and there, there could be 
some legal ramifications from that. What's the next step in your case? And specifically, other than documents, what can you possibly get from it? Well, age. first of all, what's happening right now is uh, is there's it's kind of a strength in numbers situation. The Heritage Foundation is filing as they just filed a similar lawsuit um, to us um, for uh, former Border Patrol chiefs and five other Border Patrol leaders through three different. Um, this is a nonpartisan group of Border Patrol former Border Patrol leaders who worked under uh, Bush. Trump or Obama, they have gotten involved in this and, and they have written a letter saying, look, what, what you did was, what the president did was predictively prejudged this situation by making those statements on live television. So what these leaders are saying is these agents aren't going to get a fair shake and are not getting a fair shake. Because before we even knew what was happening, the president was already making statements about it that these agents were going to be punished. And in fact, what he said was they will pay. So right now we've got, uh, we've got some momentum happening and we are just going to stay the course on this. We have a fantastic team of attorneys who are going to, are going to continue to push this situation and do so legally within our rights to get all the information that the American public deserves to know. This lawsuit isn't, it's not for us. It's not even 100% for the ages. This is for the public to know what is happening with these border patrol agents. We, American law enforcement wants transparency in all that we do. And we should not be hiding things from the public and the border patrol, just because they're the federal government, they should not be allowed to hide this information from the public. We don't, we're not saying we want these officers um, personnel files and home addresses and things like that. Like the media very often ask for um, when we have a local police officer who uses force against somebody. We just want to know how this case is being handled, how these agents are being treated, and what is happening um, to right the wrongs that we believe have been done against these Border Patrol agents. Is this considered a, a freedom of information lawsuit, or is this an employment you know, is the goal to protect them from civil discipline or administrative action? And no, we are. No, the National Police Association is not a union. This is basically a, a freedom of information um, lawsuit. You know, the Border Patrol has, they actually have a couple of different unions. But one of the things that we're going to ask for with this information, and one of the things that we want to see is, have these agents been apologized to? Because I we believe that they are owed an apology. When, when the leader of the free world gets on live television and says, these agents will pay, that's pretty, that's strong stuff. And so we would like to see an apology issued because it, let's not forget that these agents were originally said to have committed crimes and not just crimes, but crimes involving racial animus. And that's, there's nothing worse that you can call somebody 
than a racist. And these officers were said to be attacking these migrants because they were Haitian, because they were dark skinned. And so really, they're really owed an apology for by a lot of people, starting with their boss. And that guy is Joe Biden. And is there a deadline looming for anything? Is there supposed to be a response to your suit by a certain date? What is the very next thing we, we may see? The very next thing that uh, we believe that we will see is a response to this lawsuit. So we are hopeful that the, the Department of Homeland Security, because um, of people like you, Cheryl, and because people are starting to get involved, like the Heritage Foundation, like this group of bipartisan leaders, we believe that the Department of Homeland Security will respond to uh, this lawsuit because other organizations are starting to get involved. The media is starting to pay attention to it. And then hopefully what will happen is the Border Patrol Union will be able to um, help these agents uh, deal with whatever kind of punishment is getting uh, meted out, if you will. We're hoping that this punishment, because now we've got attention on this issue, we're hoping this retaliatory or saving face punishment that we're hearing is about to happen, we're hoping that's not going to happen because of what we're doing and what the Heritage Foundation is doing and, and these former Border Patrol leaders are doing, because it's, it's frankly, it's just wrong. Well, may I say that regardless of the success that you may have, the message has been sent. Nobody wants to go through what happened with them. Other agents know, even if they're doing their job or believe they're doing their job, there's every chance that they could be hung out to dry and maligned for something you know, fabricated such as whips. And it could go on for months and months. And that's a career, a career ender for some people. So I th I'm afraid the lesson is that it's hard enough for Border Patrol agents to do their job today, but it's almost as if why not step aside and just let people come in if anything you do is going to be picked apart um, by partisans as something that's improper and potentially criminal? Well, and that's the thing. You know, the Border Patrol, um, like many other federal and state and local police organizations, already have a hard enough time recruiting people to do the job. And, you know, people are retiring earlier than they ordinarily would, or they're just leaving the profession altogether. So when people look at this and, and see that, wow, I'm going to be, I'm going to be maligned, maybe prosecuted and certainly punished just for doing my job. Why should I do my job? And, and the, again, our Southern border here in Arizona, California, and Texas is really uh, under siege and wide open. It's truly an invasion. And those agents were just trying to deal with that and they should not be punished for doing their jobs. There's one more ancillary question I have that's sort of off, off a little bit, but maybe you have some insight. So I write about media narratives and propaganda and I've researched this to some length, actually written books on this. And in the past year and a half or so, most news organizations changed from calling illegal immigrants immigrants to migrants. And I looked up the word because there's always a reason when this happens. It's not by chance that everybody adopted it. Maybe there was an associated press style change. You know, most people follow AP style. 
But to me, I, I try not to just adopt the language of propagandists or narratives without some critical thinking. And I looked up migrant and it really doesn't fit the definition of these uh, illegal border crossers because migrant implies something transient. And maybe that's the case with the drug dealers who go back and forth. But I've been on the border so many times, most of the people coming across that I see want to stay and intend to stay. And immigrant is a more accurate word. So I heard you use the word migrant and I'm wondering, did you change and do you have any insight into this terminology change? That's a great question. And, and the, I think the reason that I do it is because that's what I hear and that's what I read in the media. You know, we have been told in law enforcement, you know, we get chastised for saying the word, the, the real term is illegal immigrant. They are entering our country illegally. They are here illegally. They are illegal immigrants. Um, but this term migrant that has cropped up in the last, really the last couple of years, um, it does sound, uh, I think, more, um, more innocuous. Uh, more tame, you know, again, if you live in a, um, in an agricultural state in the United States, you hear that word migrant um, in relationship to farm, uh, you know, agricultural migrants, things like that. Um, but you're absolutely right. It's the wrong term for that. And I think that's not untypical in our language today in 2022, where once we hear something enough it, it it becomes our truth. It's, you know, it's sort of like, what are we hearing now? We're hearing words like birthing person and um, the unhomed and uh, things like that. So yeah, and here I am, even I fell victim to it. Well, I just try hard to think a lot. I've put a lot of thought into this. I'm sure I was the same years and years ago, but I don't think those of us journalists should be susceptible to hearing a word that um, advocates want to use on any side and just adopt it uncritically. You certainly can quote people using the word, but to change your terminology in, in a way that I think is less accurate. And I will just say, it's neither here nor there. Someone has probably decided migrant sounds more innocuous, but I think immigrant carries a, a noble tone. And we have a great history of obviously tradition of immigration in this country. So I don't necessarily agree I don't think you should change the term for that reason, but I also don't know that that's a, a, a term change that makes sense even under the lens of the propagandist. But interesting to hear your reflections on that too. And I thank you for updating us on your case and we'll be watching closely. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that if so, you'll leave a great review, subscribe to it and share it with your friends. Check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours. And now you can support independent journalism by visiting CherylAckeson.com and clicking the store tab. There are some thought provoking and fun products designed exclusively for independent and free thinkers like you with proceeds benefiting independent reporting causes. Do your own research, make up your own mind, Think for yourself.